Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. Tim Shea is here. Toby Altizer on assignment on the afternoon show. And he can stay there. Oh, <laughs> The rivalry continues between Tim and Sam and Toby. We'll talk about that today. We'll talk about that today. Uh, Once we get through all the other sports that there are to cover, we'll talk about that today. I was going to go to bed uh, early last night. That was the plan. I did not take a nap yesterday even. So I go home and usually take a nap at some point. And then whether it's when my kid's napping or... He's at daycare. Like, he's at daycare today. So I'll get home. I'll probably nap from 11 to 4. <laughs> Take a long, just, just a long nap. Just a continuation of sleeping. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I love to sleep. I'll, Sleeping's, probably, I'll probably do the same thing. Sleeping's my favorite thing to do. I'm not, I'm, I don't think that that's a waste of my life. I, I enjoy resting. I love when I wake up in the middle of the night knowing that I have more sleep to go. I woke up at 3.30 last night, and I knew I had a little more sleep, and I I thought that was great. So I like to actually experience sleep, but you can't do it too much because then you're awake. But I love to sleep. So I'll be sleeping today a little bit. But I did not nap yesterday with the intention of going to bed early since there, I mean, wasn't much going on. This was the the day, there's, there's, there's just a few days of the year where there's no NBA or NHL or NFL or MLB. And yesterday was one of those days. So the ESPYs decided, hey, you know, this was a while ago. They they used to air on a different day, maybe when there was, I don't know what, they were up against. It wasn't, there was, they couldn't do baseball for some reason. Uh, they there was, there was something going on. But then they decided, hey, let's do it the Wednesday after the All-Star game. It's in LA, so like, uh, Albert Pujols was there. He accepted an award. Uh, I ended up watching some of it, and there there were some good moments. Uh, Dick Vitale talked about Jimmy V and got that award. That was fun. Uh, Steph Curry and his family ripped on the Kings for I, I don't know where that came from, and his kids wrote the joke. His kids wrote a joke because he was like, hey, I'm in the writer's room. These are my writers. These are the people I trust. His daughter goes, why is the Sacramento Kings arena so hot? And they go, why? And they go, because they have no fans. 
and immediately, <laughs> immediately, wow. yeah, yeah. Immediately, I thought of uh, our friend Rami Makloff, who recently moved from here to Sacramento, and that's two hours for them today. Do the Sacramento? Do they not have a? Do they have a fans problem? Now, I don't want to rip too much on that, since one of the things we'll be discussing today is just how much it costs to go to a game for the Brewers and why the attendance is a little lower this year. It's still healthy. It's just it's lower. And so I'm wondering why are people maybe going to the ballpark less and how much do you plan to go in the second half of the season? So we'll talk about that today a little bit too. Uh, You had Andre Iguodala shout out his podcast. He does a podcast with Evan Turner. They recently had the Warriors owner on there, Joe Lacob. And Joe Lacob said some stuff and got he got fined uh, $500,000 because the Warriors owner on Andre's podcast was like, yeah, I don't, I don't like some of this luxury tax stuff. And apparently as an owner, you're not supposed to ever talk about that. $500,000 fine. But what he was saying was, I draft, we draft these guys, and then they get really good, and we keep paying them, and now we're in the luxury tax. We draft these guys. Like our top eight guys outside of Andrew Wiggins, we've all drafted. And we pay them 50, but we like reward us for drafting them. We shouldn't have to be in the luxury tax all the time. Well, you spend that much money to be in the tax. Uh, here's another five hundred thousand. That's ridiculous. Five hundred thousand dollar fine for Lakeup. Uh and Andre shouted that out and apologized. So there, I mean, there were some moments. There's, you know, there's, there's the SPs. Is the SPs? I did realize at one point the LA Rams won best team. Or no, the LA Rams won. No, it was Cooper Cup that won best championship moment. That's when I realized it. And uh, then the Warriors won best team. Again, all of this doesn't matter. They 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 give out trophies to guys who already won trophies. I understand the SBs. I'm not saying the SBs matter. I'm not saying that they matter. I mean, it's it, it's nice for what it is. You didn't you 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 train yourself to watch sports every night. There's nothing going on. Hey, here's three hours of mild entertainment that looks like sports. You got all these stars in one room. Okay. You get to see, you know, people. It's it's fine. I'm not an SB diehard. I'm not going to be an SB hater. It's there. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Fine. And then what I realized was, because somebody I saw on Twitter said Cooper Cup, best championship moment over Giannis's 50-piece in game six, which was a year ago yesterday, which we talked about. And you guys did a tremendous job of, sharing where you were and all the videos that you took. And it was great to see that again on online on social media. And then I looked and I realized the, here's my, I tweeted this, not that it matters, but the 2021 ESPYs were before the Bucks won the finals. The 2022 ESPYs were after the Warriors won the finals. So the ESPY date didn't change, but well, maybe by a week, but it was it was aired and it happened before the Bucks won, before that game six. And then this year it happened after the Warriors won the title because of how the NBA was catching up after shifting things in twenty twenty uh in twenty twenty with the bubble. So I realized the Bucks never got to be eligible for the best team and Giannis never got to be eligible for best championship performance. We were robbed. Again, how much does it matter? I thought I'd get a lot of support from people. Marlon says, "Crybaby Bucks fans, SMH." 
Uh, Racquetball player says, SBs are a joke. Robbie says, who cares? It's an ESPN-sponsored event. Bunch of crap. Scott says, as a Bucks fan in Appleton, I'm embarrassed that you would drag us into anything about caring about the effing ESPYs. Nobody has watched that in 15 years. What are you doing? I mean, the ESPYs draw a good number. People watch People watch the ESPYs. What, what are, <laughs> There's nothing else to watch. There's nothing else on. I guess uh, All Elite Wrestling, AEW, yeah. which uh, was, I skimmed through that last night. It was awful. Not good. I would like to think that people watch the uh, MLB All-Star Game. Numbers were down on the MLB All-Star Game. The All-Star Game the other night, 7.5 million people watched it on Tuesday. So that's more than any other All-Star Game. But this is the first time it drew under 8 million people for the MLB All-Star Game. So as ratings continue to go down, basically, if you look at, if you study TV ratings over the last 20 years, everything goes down. Everything. Because what even 20 years ago, there were more than three channels, but... You know, if what like the top comedy on TV now, I think is regrettably maybe Young Sheldon, and like six million people watch that when it's live every week. But then if you don't catch it live and you're a big fan, you can watch it on streaming the next day. You can DVR it. One of the top comedies in like '94 was. Home Improvement or Roseanne or Friends or Seinfeld. You had 25, 30 million people sitting down to watch those shows. Because if you missed it, you missed it. They were going to replay it again, maybe until the summer. You had no way of seeing it unless you set up your VHS (laughs) and your VCR. I kind of missed that aspect of it. People just aren't watching TV. Well, they are. They are. just. They are. It's just that there's so much more to look at. And it's not even more channels. It's the streaming. Streaming, yep. You know, one of the things I did last night was I streamed, I, because I'm a big Marvel head, I was going through, I skimmed through Infinity War and Endgame just to refresh myself on when these characters have all interacted before. <laughs> I was just, I, you know, I was just, that's, and so normally 20 years ago, if I wanted to ever watch those movies on TV, I'd have to wait. I remember Jurassic Park was a big deal. I'm getting in. I'm really nerding out here about TV. But Jurassic Park was in the theaters, and then it was a big deal when it was going to be shown on TV for the first time. I think it was on NBC, and they aired it on a Sunday night, and it was like three years later because you got to wait for you had to wait for the back with with movies. You had to wait for it to be out of the theater. Then you had to wait for it to go on VHS for like a year to buy it. Then you had to wait. One of the HBOs or Showtimes got it. And then it could finally be on broadcast television. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, maybe that was the first time you could watch it essentially on free TV. And 30 million people, I mean, people, so TV ratings are down. So one of the things when, when ratings are down, I'm always like, yeah, I mean, but but everything's down, you know? I mean, seven and a half million people watching something. That's still a lot of people. But the All-Star game, I mean, that used to draw 20, 30, 
million people. It's just now there's more options. So I, I could take this opportunity and say, see, everyone thinks baseball sucks. But what I think it is more of is there's just so many other things to watch on TV. And maybe some people streamed it or they just caught some of it or they see highlights. You know, they don't need, you know, you need to watch it. You just go online later that night. Oh, well, what's important? What I miss? Like with the ESPYs, what I miss? Anything I miss? I'll just say, oh, okay, cool. You know, there's just so much more access and ways to to get what you're looking for. But seven and a half million people live, that is the lowest that it's ever been for the All-Star game. I'm not quite sure what the ESPYs normally draw. It might be like three or four million people. But I bring that up just to say that, you know, people are telling me nobody cares. Uh, you know, and enough people care a little bit. Plus, there is nothing on last night. Now, there is some baseball today. Typically, typically what will happen is the MLB takes the whole week off up until Friday. And then they have games again. So the All-Star break is essentially Sunday night through Thursday. I've always argued that MLB should have a showcase game on Thursday night to get people back into it, kind of like a bonus Sunday night baseball, although it really is the only game in town. You know, and then you have yeah, oh okay, there's baseball today. That all right. I'm going to I'm going to get back into it. They are doing that with San Francisco is going to take on LA. That's at 9 o'clock our time. But it's still, I mean, it's on ESPN, so they're still doing something. Otherwise, there's six games today, two doubleheaders. New York and Houston have a doubleheader before they go and play other teams, and Detroit and Oakland have a doubleheader before they go and play other teams. So these games are happening because of the lockout. Remember, everything got shifted a little bit. We're going to end our season, I believe, now against the Diamondbacks. And then we've got, we had that one random game against the Giants Mm -hmm. earlier this year. We still have a random doubleheader against the Giants a true later this year. True doubleheader. A true one. We're going true to the bone? We are. Ooh. Back. So a game, 30 minutes and a game? Yep. Wow. Yeah, because these doubleheaders today, uh, I you think. Know, they want their money. New York and Houston is noon and then six. Yep. They want their money. Oh, look at this. Detroit and the A's have a true doubleheader, 2.30 and 6. Well, that's in Oakland. They should just open the gates and say, anyone that wants to come in, come on in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on in. Uh, there Grab might, a seat. There Plenty might be of baseball. Them. I mean, stay for two. Stay, sleep here tonight. We used to play football here. Yeah, stay for the weekend. Yeah, you we know, who cares? You. That Giants doubleheader, when is that? It's Thursday the 8th. That's when the NFL's back, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good luck. That's why, you know, go to the first game, catch a little bit of the second game, and then. Yeah. Brewers have uh, the day off again today. Then they've got a series against the Rockies. The series against the Rockies is interesting because it's going to go Friday to Monday. Uh, I guess normally it'd be a Thursday to Sunday series, and then they'd have Monday off. They got a two game set with the Twins Tuesday and Wednesday. So we got a four game series into Monday. We got the Twins, then an off day. Then we are in Boston. Uh, there's a couple of off days the week of the 8th in August. And then September, they play a bunch. There's one week with a couple of off days. And then the season's over. So we've only got 70 games left for the uh, Brewers, which we'll take a look at them and uh, what kind of games you're getting to later this 
uh, show. That big, I think the big week coming up is Yankees Mets. Yankees are a weekend series in Milwaukee. You're going to get a good crowd for that. Oh, yeah. Yankees hardly uh, are ever here. So you're going to get a good crowd just to see the jerseys, if not anything else. I'm Bart Winkler. That's Tim Shea. Again, the Bucks do not win an SB last night. They were ineligible. But a year ago yesterday, they did win the NBA championship. And that is what matters. We caught up with Eric Name of the Athletic. We'll talk about what we both remember from that run. And then look ahead to the Bucks and their chances at a run this year. And some of the guys that could be a part of that. And how the regular season could be a little bit different this year. As they do bring in all these aging veterans. Maybe finally this is the year that some of these younger guys get some good run. That'll be coming up. Eric Name of The Athletic next, 1250 AM, The Fan. And uh, the button doesn't work to send to a break. So I think I'm going to hit it automatically. Let's see if that works. If not, I'll continue to stall. So you're either going to hear me stall or you're going to hear a commercial. And... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Giannis has it to Middleton. Middleton puts up the jumper. Puts it in! Chris Middleton, another clutch shot on these playoffs. And the lead back up by six. Timeout Phoenix. Celebration underway. 
the, the late great Kobe Bryant obviously said to Devin Booker be legendary but he also tweeted to Giannis MVP greatness next up championship this young man has absolutely led the way in a historic way for this Bucks franchise MVP chance well, the former MVP, the two-time MVP. His brilliance on full display here tonight. And that'll do it. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. I don't think there's much doubt, but he played through adversity. He played through injury. No doubt, given he was the two-time MVP in the league this year, is Bill Russell. Finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm a people pleaser. You know, I don't like letting people down. I like letting, like, when I resigned with the city of Milwaukee, that's the main reason I resigned, because I didn't want to let the people down and think that, you know, I don't work extremely hard for them, which I do, you know, but be able to accomplish those things in um, this period of, of, of time, is, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's freaking unreal. I can't. Can't believe it. Some of the highlights, some of the sound bites from Game Six, which was a year ago, marvelously covered by our good buddy Eric Name of the Athletic. Good morning, Eric. How are you, friend? I'm well. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, the Bucks won a title in the middle of July because of the uh, NBA having to catch up on their season, which means that forever we'll be able to talk about it during the MLB all-star break, the worst time of the year for sports talk. So I am forever in debt to Adam Silver in the NBA for making that happen. That's what I'm, that's what I'm excited for, but we're reliving game six, you know, a bunch today with different calls and looking back and, you know, that whole finals run and, you know, you were there covering it with, with great access and giving us so much. And I think as you just look back at that run, I don't know that you can ever like doubt what Giannis or the Bucks can do again. They were battling against the uh, the Nets. They were battling against the Hawks. They were battling against the Suns. If there's anything that they can take with them from that season, it's no matter what position we're in going forward, we've already been here. I think that that could serve them well as they, you know, try to bounce back and win again next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I remember joining you shortly after um, one of the days afterwards, or maybe it was after the parade or something. And, you know, essentially I went on a long rant about, you know, what are you going to tell these guys, right? Like, no matter who it is, whether it's Giannis or it's Chris or it's Drew or it's Brooke or it's Pat or it's Bobby, whoever it is on the roster, what are you going to tell that person? You, there's, no, there's no questions. There's no doubts. There's no criticism there's nothing there's nothing left for you to say, right? Like, there's no, oh, is Giannis good enough? He's clearly good enough. And you saw it again uh, in this postseason, uh, this past postseason, even with things not going well. Like, he can just pull out a Giannis, a classic Giannis performance and go for 40 points and 20 rebounds and six assists and put his team in a position to win against a team that ended up representing the East in the finals even without his second-best player, Chris Middleton, with him. And you, you look at just everything. And, and to me, I think that's, that's kind of the, the big thing that sticks with me is you think about the Bucks going forward is, yeah, you know, 
whether or not you uh, want to agree with, what do you call John Horst, the semantics king? Uh, uh, the king uh, of wishful semantics. There you go. Um, you know, whether you want to agree with him or not, part of the reason you can feel confident essentially running it back is you have the guys that won a championship and they are still that caliber. Uh, and, and to me, more than anything, that's kind of what sticks with, with me a, a year after they won the championship. Uh, with John Horace, I say that because there was a day, remember when Brandon Jennings got signed by the herd? Okay. I do. I had horse on that morning and there were rumors about it. And I, mm-hmm. I asked him like seven times uh, right. in many different ways, if he was going to, if Brandon Jennings would be a buck. And then, right. uh, and then tech, he said no, but technically he was right because he was on the Wisconsin herd. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. He got you. He, he's very, you know, it's all semantics. And then trying to tell you that they're not running it back, whatever. This is the definition of running it back and they should run it back. The Bucks are a very good team. I was watching uh, game six last night. I was watching the fourth quarter and like that, that shot that Middleton makes to, to make it one Oh two ninety six. He, I, it's just, it, it, you know, I get into these fights online with like Celtics fans and they're, they're like, well, you, I, the Bucks, the Bucks fans keep saying that they would have beat us without Middleton. I don't know if that's true. It's absolutely true. Middle, like, well, why are we discounting Middleton? You're going to have him healthy. You're going to have Drew. You're going to have Giannis. You're going to have Brooke. I don't know how long you keep that core together. I don't know how, how long you can with age and contracts, but that core is very, very good. And then you've got Connaughton back and you've got Portis back. And I like the additions. I think Ingles is going to come in at a good time. I like the draft pick. So I, th- I why wouldn't you run it back? They're, ab- they're, they're absolutely to me the favorite in the East. And I don't see, you know, I mean, you got to play it out, but there's, there's no reason to think that they can't do it again this year. Yeah. And honestly, that play that you're talking about, that, that one sticks with me, right? Like that to me was the play that kind of summed up the entirety of, of Chris and Giannis being together, right? Like they, they had been together for eight years now nine and in the moment I, I I've told Giannis this directly like if I need one more bucket to get 50 in a closeout game of the NBA finals at home I am not passing the ball yeah ever ever I, I have it going I don't need anybody's help I, I need one more basket for 50 in the NBA finals closeout game to become a legendary performance, I'm not passing. And yet, in that moment, here's Giannis, dribble handoff to Chris Middleton, and here's Chris Middleton hitting the clutch shot to close it out. Like, it to me, it was just such a perfect summation of, you know, everything that Giannis had built towards, everything that Giannis was trying to, you know, instill into his teammates, like, hey, we got to do this together. you got to have trust in each other. You got to believe in each other, and in the biggest moment, rather than taking that shot himself, he's like, "No, this is what we do in these moments. We're gonna run the dribble handoff, and if I get it back, that's cool. And if Chris hits the shot, that's cool too. And you know, Chris pays it off and hits the the big shot. Like that moment to me is one that will just stick with me forever because that was those two guys going from fighting and scratching and clawing each other up for playing time in their first year together to eventually winning a championship together. 
Well, I think the thing with trust, Eric named the athletic. That's a great point because the thing with trust, it goes both ways with Giannis. With yeah, because yeah, and then you because you go back in Game Five where Drew's got the ball at the end of the game, and Giannis is in a dead sprint after the steal, and nobody like nobody is nobody's following him. And Drew, there's no reason Drew should have thrown it up to Giannis there, especially when you watch it back. There's no reason, but but they trusted in Giannis. And in turn, he trusts in his team. And it's like, you you can't, a lot of times a superstar in a team will be like, trust me, trust me, trust me. And okay, they do, but then they never ask for it back. And Giannis, that's a great thing about him is he is a superstar and he knows he can, you know, he, he could probably put up 50 and 20 every night if he really wanted to, but yeah. he trusts, he, he values the concept of the team. And that's why, you know, they did win. And that's why I think they can continue to win. Yeah, I just, that is like the other thing that I think kind of is obviously like you have Giannis's brilliance, right? That best player in the world doing insane things, 50 points on a closeout game, coming back from an injury that everyone thought was going to keep him out for a year in a couple weeks. Like all of that stuff is there. You think of like the handoff and, you know, Chris Middleton hitting clutch shots. And then it's just that trust like throughout, right? Because it, it isn't, like you said, just the moment of Giannis handing it out to Chris. It's the moment of Drew throwing it up to Giannis. It's Giannis's block in game four, covering for his teammates, where he covers both the alley and the oop and gets this insane block. It's Giannis in some of the biggest moments. I mean, I think there's only a couple Mike Green bangs for the Bucks in the franchise history, and one of them is a Pat Connaughton corner three. Right, like in that moment, yeah. Giannis just threw a no look bounce pass to Pat Connaughton in the corner, and he hits an absolutely massive shot. And you just go through, and there's all these moments. You think of Brook Lopez and his block against the Nets in Brooklyn on Kevin Durant in a spot where most people that follow the Bucks, that are fans of the Bucks, have been demanding Brook Lopez get off the floor. He's slow. He can't do it. He stinks. Get him out of here. Trade him. And, oh, by the way, there's Brook Lopez making the biggest block of the game on the best, at that moment, the best player in the planet in Kevin Durant doing something so athletic that no one would have ever thought he could do it. Like, you have Bobby Portis coming through in big moments, massive threes in a, in a playoff run where he was not playing against the Nets. Like, there's just, to me, there was just all these beautiful moments of that trust that you're talking about, that it's through the entire roster from Giannis on down. It's Giannis trusting him. It's Giannis trusting Bobby and Brooke. And I just thought throughout all of that, you know, you have these, these really beautiful moments where all of the, all the platitudes and the cliches and all that stuff that, you know, when you're doing media and talking to idiots like me, you just say, you just say the right things, right? Like you, you've been trained well enough that you just say the right things, And sure enough, like all those things end up coming true. And I just thought that was one of like the really cool things of the championship run was that, you know, so often when you're doing this job, you're thinking about how do I capture this moment for this superstar? And so many of the stories I was writing had to be like, well, the superstar did this, but also there was really big contributions from this guy or that guy or these guys. And, and I just thought that was really, to me, one of the cool things about that championship run was that there was just so many 
guys that came through in that way that if you're a Bucks fan, of course you you can buy a Giannis jersey and be happy about that. But you know, there's plenty of people that were probably rocking their Chris Middleton jerseys that had their Drew Holiday jersey on that decided to get a Brooke Lopez tee or a Bobby Portis, uh, Bobby Potis t-shirt or a Pat Connaughton shirt, like or a PJ Tucker shirt, like all of that stuff throughout the entire run was just just kind of incredible storybook type stuff. And you got numbers. Giannis kicks it out. Connaughton for three. Bang! Pat Connaughton from downtown. And the Bucks go up by two. All right, so Pat's back. Bobby's back. I really think that, you know, grades get thrown out about the offseason. I wanted, for me, it was like, I knew everybody knew Pat was coming back. There was there was no question about that. It was get Bobby back, which I thought there was a ninety nine percent chance of. So that that happened, and then uh, you know Surge comes back, okay, and West comes back, good. And uh, I I do really like. I've always liked Joe Ingles. I know he's still hurt, and maybe we don't see him till December, January. But I think there's a good role for him, and I think that you know I like uh, the guys in the summer league. We'll talk about in a minute. Is there something missing? I mean, people can argue that. Well, in this specific situation, this might be missing. I don't know, man. I mean, outside of the Warriors, I think this is the most complete team there is. Yeah, to me, I think uh, as you have a championship team growing together and you're trying to keep it together and you're trying to remain champs, I think there's there's always a desire to get younger. I think you always want to, you know, find a way to keep infusing athleticism. And obviously taking Marjan Beauchamp helps with that. Like that Marjan will be, you know, the young legs and, and some of that, but that's all, like only one dude. So for me, I think they, John Horst has assembled, I call them a very professional unit. Like there's just a bunch of pros on the team. All these dudes, you know what you're going to get. You know, they're committed to the work. You know that they're going to do what they need to do. They know how to play the right way. Uh, but there's always, you know, I think that, that infusion you want to have of being able to keep it fresh. And you kind of saw it with the Warriors this year where, you know, they had that next group of younger guys like in a Jordan pool that can help infuse some of that energy. Cause I do think, you know, yeah, like they're JV a- team. They've got a JV team. All these yeah, guys are going like, to graduate and then they will be varsity. Correct. So you just have that, you have your aging core and that aging is not a bad thing, right? We all get older. So it's fine that the championship core is getting older, but you always want to have, that infusion of you. So like if there's a complaint about, you know, where the roster's at or, or, you know, what you could have more of, I think it's always used as always athleticism. I think they could have more of that, but I really do think, um, I, I question the Ingles signing on the night that it happened, just because that is another older player. It's another dude coming off an injury. Uh, you have to wait it out, but you know, if Joe Ingles can regain the form that he had, in previous seasons when he was competing for sixth man of the year with the Utah Jazz, you've essentially answered all of the questions, right? Like uh, Bucks fans have spent, I don't know how long trying to trade for Harrison Barnes. And if you want Harrison Barnes, you know, who's better than Harrison Barnes, Joe Ingles, like Joe Ingles might now be the best passer on the team. I'm trying to think it's probably Chris Middleton at the moment. And now it's Joe Ingles. So you just added a pick and roll partner for Giannis, who, by the way, happens to be six foot eight and shoot forty percent from the three point line for his career. Like you've added a guy that 
I'm not going to say it changes the, the dynamic. It doesn't make you younger or anything like that. But so often in the postseason, what happens? The Bucks' offense grinds to a halt. They, they just don't have enough playmaking on the floor. They don't have enough guys that can find Giannis an open look. They don't have enough guys that can hit open looks. Joe Ingles does all of those things. He, he's hit threes. He's great catch and shoot. You put him on the backside, people run him off the line, all of a sudden he's throwing a lob to Giannis or finding Chris for an open three or finding Drew on a cut or throwing a lob to Brooke. Like, he's just a very good basketball player. So, um, I, I mean, ultimately there's valid questions about how much Joe Ingles has left, what he's going to look like coming off uh, a left ACL tear. But this is a Bucks sports science team that, as everyone knows, has been one of the very best in the league since they've come to town. And and I think there's plenty of reason to have confidence in their ability to get Joe Ingles back and ready. And if he joins you in January, all of a sudden you're looking at a playoff rotation that is deep. You have your eight guys that are going to be ready to go and, and really be able to, to go deep into a postseason. Yeah, if, if you sign a guy that's 35, you don't need this guy to play 82 games and wear him down and then flame out in the postseason. You need, like, with Al Horford, Al Horford's 35, 36. He's playing like he's 25 in the playoffs. So you just – For sure. You, you, we sign these guys, it's like, oh, they're so old. And then you don't need them for 82 games. So with that being said, they do have these two younger guys. Mamu, who you guys you, – you went out to Summer League, you saw, and then Bochamp. And so I'm thinking, like, are they going to be a part of the playoff roster, the rotation – the rotation, rather – I mean, maybe for one of these guys. We'll see. We've thought this for Jordan Wara for three years. But in the regular season, I'd like to see a lot of them. I'd like to see them so that they can continue to grow. And I'd like to see them so you don't have to play, you know, uh, Wesley Matthews 35 minutes a night. So you don't have to play all the veterans that long. I'd, I'd be very disappointed if they draft a guy in the G League and put him back down in the G League. Mom was already uh, all, all uh, first-team summer league, so we know he's great. But with those two guys... Do we see them a lot, do you think, in the regular season? I know we're a few months out, but. Yeah, I mean, I think with with the Bucks so often, we've seen them trade their first-round pick. And, you know, going into this offseason, I said the thing that you're looking for is a wing. How do you find an impact wing? And that means you're going to have to take a chance in some way, right? They took a chance on an older guy coming off an injury in Joe Ingles. Okay, that's one way you found a wing. And then the other way was, you drafted a guy that may be ready, may not be ready. And I think where Marjan's different than a guy like Jordan Wara is Wara's offense is what can play. And I think Marjan's defense can play from day one. From day one, you got a six, six, seven foot wingspan guy. He's good defensively. He's strong. He's got quick feet. I think his defense can play from day one. And one thing that we've seen from Mike Boonholzer again and again and again is like, you gotta be able to execute defensively. If you can execute defensively, he can look past some flaws offensively. And Marjan's going to go through some growing pains trying to figure out what he can do offensively at the NBA level. Uh, but, you know, as John Horace told me at Summer League, like, he's good at finding the loose change. He can find an offensive rebound. He can find a cut. He can find a corner three. He can find all of the little things that just so happen to occur when you're playing with three amazing players in Giannis, Chris, and Drew. So I think we see Marjan from the start. And honestly, the fact that Joe Ingles comes back in January might not be the worst thing. You know, maybe you see Marjan for 15, 20 minutes a night for the first 40 games of the season. 
then Ingles is ready and you see Marzan's role go down a little bit. And that's fine, right? Like, just getting him a bunch of minutes his rookie year would be a big win. It's something that the Bucks haven't done with a rookie in a long time, you know, since Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, so I think Marjan sees some time. Mom was tougher, man. Like, uh, he put on a show at Summer League. He was undeniably the best player on the floor in probably four of the five games that they played, like, for both teams, not just the Bucks. And I think the tough part for Mom is he is at his best when the offense runs through him, when the ball's in his hands. And that's just never going to be his role on the Bucks. It, it, it just can't be. He's got to figure out how to be a role player. So, you know, he told me he put on eight pounds since the, the season ended, and he's feeling stronger, and I think that is shown. Uh, for him, it's just how do you stay on the floor defensively and how do you play a role? We'll see if he can do it. Okay, last real quick thing. Is Jordan Wara even on this team? What's the deal? Uh, so the Bucks currently have a qualified qualifying offer out to him uh, that makes him a restricted free agent. They can negotiate with him and sign him. He can sign with a different an offer sheet to a different team that the Bucks can then match. Uh, but for now, he is tied to them through that qualifying offer. And we do have they to have see a spot for him? To plan out. We keep signing these guys, don't we? Do we have any spots left? Yeah, they have one roster spot left uh, for 15, but they've carried 14 players throughout uh, the last few seasons until uh, after the trade deadline where they then put the 15th guy on the roster to keep their uh, luxury tax number down. I don't suspect they're going to run 15 guys out there this year, but they could do it to start the season and then make a trade to cut down to 14. So it, it, there's a roster spot. It's possible for him to come back, but we'll have to see how it plays out. It's a year since the Bucks won the championship. I'm asking the important questions about Jordan Wara. <laughs> Eric, thank you. It's always good to catch up with you. Love you. Love you too. Yeah. Eric Name. Again, always good to catch up with Name from the Athletic. Great Midwest Bank Hotline is where you find him. Great Midwest Bank. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility at greatmidwestbank.com today. Got a tweet from at fat loss 2022. He says, great stuff with Eric. Love the show. Big fan of Bart and Tim Shea. I am a very dedicated listener. You guys mean the world to me. Oh, that's very nice to say at fat loss 2022. More in two minutes here on the fan. Twelve fifty a.m. The fan. I'm Bart Winkler. That's Tim Shea. This is one of my favorite type of segments that we do here on the fan. It's called "Someone Else Did the Work." Let's talk about it. ESPN.com has an NFL future power rankings. All right, I know all you guys love power rankings. These are the future power rankings. We're Writers at ESPN try to figure out who the best teams were are going to be this year, next year, and the following year. So from 2022 to 2024, who is in the best shape? The Packers are in the top 10. Does that surprise you? Where do you think the Packers would be here? They've got Aaron Rodgers, but is that enough to make 
them, I don't know, a top five team for the next three years in this one particular set of power rankings that we did not do, but we are going to talk about? Top 10? Top five? Aaron Rodgers, I think, always gets you at least in the top 10. Oh, God. Where? I'd say, yeah. I'd say that's fair. That's fair. I stopped asking people nationally what they think of the Packers. Why? Because I got the same answer every time. Every time. Well, if you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That. Yeah. That answer. I mean, it's true. Well, right. I was just tired of hearing it. Hearing it. Because <laughs> there's always, it's always like, well, this is good. This is good. I'm worried about this. But you got Aaron Rodgers. You got Aaron Rodgers. Like the wide receivers. The Packers worked out John Brown yesterday. John Brown has been one of these guys. He's been with Arizona. He's been with Buffalo. He's He's been one of these guys that I always thought, like, this is the year I draft John Brown in fantasy because this is the year he's going to explode. I remember that. And then what he does, that, that's been like the last three years. And then what he does is he, he's really bad. And then by the time everyone cuts him, then he has a three-touchdown game. Everybody picks him back up again, and he gets like one target over the next three weeks. So ESPN.com has their top, well, the whole power rankings from 1 to 32 based on what they think the team's potential is the next Three years. Okay. So I'll give you the top 10, which tied is the Browns and the Niners. Some questions about quarterback at both teams there. Number nine is the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, I think, are really positioned to be good. I just don't quite like their retirement tour quarterback thing. You know, (laughs) Carson Wentz for a year after Phillip Rivers for a year. Now they've got Matt Ryan, who I don't think is that good anymore. Like, I think the Super Bowl ruined him. So we'll see what happens there. Number eight is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is a case, well, do you have Tom Brady? But how long will they have Tom Brady? Buccaneers still have a good team behind them. But how long will they be good after Tom Brady? What are they going to go to? Kyle Trask? Number seven is the Baltimore Ravens. Good future there. Another team that could use some wide receiver help. But do you have Lamar Jackson? Number six is the Bengals. Do you have Joe Burrow? Number five is the Chargers. But do you have Justin Herbert? Number three in a tie are the Rams and the Packers. The Packers get a good score. Overall roster minus the quarterback. They vote out of 100. Their cumulative was an 86 out of 100. That's good for sixth in the league. Their quarterback ranks fourth in their Next three years, determination rankings at 94. The coaching is top six. The drafting is top three. And the front office is number seven. Why they're here, why they're top three. ESPN says most of the attention paid nationally to the Packers surrounds the latest beat from the Aaron Rodgers files, but a D for dive reveals one of the best rosters in the NFL. Brian Gutekind's terrific eye for talent is unmistakable unmistakable that's some praise that's high praise from field yates uh rogers is under contract for three more seasons the window we are examining here and while he's made it clear that retirement has weighed heavily on him this team is set up to compete for a super bowl with him biggest worry while the quarterback situation for the short term has been settled is secure with rogers and his new contract it does not change the fact It's the biggest question mark going forward. 
with Devontae Adams moved to Las Vegas and a receiver group that is undergoing a major overhaul. No one knows when the reigning MVP will say he has had enough and just walk away. One other note on the Packers, they still have to figure out Jordan Love's future. He wants to play. The Packers don't seem like they trust him. Rodgers is under contract. Also, Green Bay must decide which standouts, edge rusher Rashawn Gary, safety Adrian Amos, and lineman Elton Jenkins to pay next. So the Packers come in tied with three in the Rams. ESPN putting out their next three-year power rankings. The number two team is the Chiefs, and the number one team is the Bills. Uh, the reasoning, but do you have Patrick Mahomes? But do you have Josh Allen? So it's really, I mean, it centers a lot around the quarterbacks. I think the Packers, I, I think I think the Packers, if they did not have Aaron Rodgers, you know, the questions would be Jordan Love, and that'd be a massive question, and then the receiving core. But I think everything else is good. The offensive line is good. We still got to see what the deal is with Bakhtiari. Uh, the running backs are great. The defense, I think, is stellar. I really think the defense is going to be the thing we talk about the most on this team. They've uh, hired Rich Pisaccia to try to boost special teams. So they are a, a very good team. It's just that when you have Aaron Rodgers, it's going to catapult you up the power rankings no matter how big the window is we're looking at. Do here. they break that down like year by year, or is it just collectively over the next three years? Do, do you, Are you asking me if they're doing a power rankings for the for, year 2024? Yeah. No. Like 2023. And, okay. No. Okay. No. Interesting. Yeah. If that's something that you want to do. Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't think uh, the website, our website's been updated in two weeks. So you can feel free to do that. All right. Are you updating the website? Uh, yeah. Yeah? I did once. You did once? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to know what our top story is? What is it? Uh, former Packer Tremont Williams joins the Wendy's Big Show. Oh, yes, because the two are connected. That was from three years ago. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was kidding. from... Like, okay. He just had a... <laughs> well, last week. <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> I don't, but I don't, I don't think anyone's going to our website for news. They're going for the audio. Oh, of course. That's what, I mean, that's... I've, I'm sending it out every day. Yeah. People are people are asking. I, I send it out. Yeah, you send it out. Was there a problem the other day? What yeah, happened? There's something going on with the app. Ah, sometimes I get these tweets, and I, I appreciate it because it means you care, but it's like, oh, this this is wrong. I got to be honest. I don't know any of that anymore. Yeah, it's it's the app that, uh, and I'll, sh- I'll show you at some point here, but it's really breaking down the shows into like 25 segments. Oh, geez. So I just lead them to our website where we have uh, each hour listed mm. of the podcast. Okay. Well, that's, that's fun. Yeah, I... Uh... I used to be the main web guy around here. Yeah? Yeah, I was the digital man. But then everything changed, and I just felt like, I don't want to learn it. So now I don't know how to do anything. I can't put up a podcast. So I shouldn't come. I know how to do podcasts. I can't I can't put up a story. So I shouldn't come to you to be like, how do I put up a story? I don't know how. Okay. I used to be cranking out when I first heard three, four stories a day. Yeah, Sam lacked on that when he was training me. Yeah. So... He's oh, like, wow. oh, you'll never have to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, I do want to take a look at where the rest of the NFC North teams are. The Vikings are number 19.
for the power rankings for the next three years. So if the Packers are three and the Vikings are 19, the Bears are 30, and the Lions are uh, 28. So ESPN puts out these power rankings for the next three years. The Packers are three. The Vikings are 19. The Lions are 28. The Bears are 30. I mean, that should be another three years of NFC North success. And the pack, they don't, they, the, the division is so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. The Vikings, I think, are going to be the wild card this year because they've got a lot of good skill players. A new coach. I mean, everyone's saying, new coach. Everyone is saying that Zimmer was bringing that team down. But they've got a lot of good skill players. And the Vikings' new coach, obviously, is Tim. Yeah. The Vikings' new coach. Is the Vikings' new coach. They hired uh <sighs> They hired the guy. Wasn't he from Denver, maybe? Kevin O'Connell. Oh, he was at the Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> all right, uh, close enough. Look, hey, it's been a while, all right? I got USFL on the brain, okay? Speaking of USFL, the Packers... <laughs> The Packers worked out not everyone's like, oh, they worked out John Brown. No, no, no. They worked out Sal Canella, who was a tight end standout with my New Orleans Breakers. Oh, nice. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, they worked out John Brown. They well, worked out Sal Canella. Give us a scouting report. Oh, what do you think? I, I would watch him in these games. I go, oh, that's baby Tunyon. Okay. That's that's like a Robert Tunyon clone. That's what I was watching. Paul Emmy going to join us in a little bit here, 7 o'clock hour. Take a look at the Brewers, of course, as the second half of the season is set to begin tomorrow for the Brewers, for today for a lot of other teams. I'm Bart Winkler. That's Tim Shea, served up by Wendy's here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.